This week on Talking Performance, I'm joined by my old sparring partner, David Galbraith. DG's got some one-day workshops coming up, and I thought this was an awesome opportunity to steal half an hour of his time, get him to talk a little bit about what's going to be going on at these workshops, and give us half an hour of DG magic. If you want to know more, go to his website, habitofgreatness.co.nz. In the meantime, sit back and relax and enjoy my chat with the ghost in the machine, the man, the legend, David Galbraith. Tēnā koutou katoa, no mai hoki mai ki talking performance. Ko jai kata aho. I tērā nei e korero anau, kia David Galbraith. DG, great to have you back. Um, I always feel blessed when I get the opportunity to have you back on the old talking performance, and I do think that we should just be a regular thing again um, if, if you weren't so busy. And which is a lovely little segue I've just made up on the spot. Hmm. And I see that you're doing some, well, you and I are doing a six-week online course, and then also yep. Looking forward um, to that. doing you and I are doing a couple of golf coaching weekends throughout the year. But let's park that for the minute, and let's talk about um, some one-day workshops that you're running uh, around the country. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, firstly, thank you. Thank you, Jay. Um, I, I certainly I don't I do miss and I don't miss our you know our conversations together with other people because it was such a cool thing to do and then I moved on and you've carried on to create you know what you have so I've just been thrilled that you carried that on and it didn't stop so well done on keeping going with that because it's a you know you've created some good momentum. Um, the workshops are a funny one because there's a couple of things that sit underneath that and. The first one is, I said it as a bit of a challenge to continue, um, how do I say this, but con- continue to live integrity each day. And what I notice is I still, you know, the metaphor I'm, I love is that everyone has a core fear that's you know, personalised to them, you know, like this, the essence of the neurological fears and then the way that, you know, our social constructs and our developmental experiences have led us to, you know, evolve those primal and neurological fears in a way that influences our behaviour so deeply. So mine is a fear of being, um, fear of all of a sudden people just going, actually, this guy has no idea what he's talking about. (laughs) because <laughs> it's just like every time people go oh, I really love your book I'm like what oh, really <laughs> or I oh, don't know you know you and I do something and I go oh that was that was really useful or I'll do a workshop and people will be like you know they'll feedback because I always do feedback sheets and sometimes I have people go that's terrible like what the heck's this guy on about like Genuinely, they'll write zero out of ten, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, that I know that one. That's exactly how I think." <laughs> and then some will go, "Oh, you know, really, really helpful." So then, the essence of the workshops has is two layers. One is it's a challenge of integrity to live in a space where you are just present, full stop, and just do, and it's not a comma. It's not a comma and then have people like it. It's not a comma and then 
get feedback that you're the guy or the girl. Just there's no commas. It's just a full stop, which is find as much presence as you can and then roll out whatever the plan is in that moment, whether it's a coffee with a friend, whether it's visiting the beehive, whatever it might be. It's just about being absolutely present, full stop. And so the workshop's challenging me to, you know, do that level where there's a lot of people involved or there'll be people involved. Mm. So there'll be pressure. There'll be a context which is people are coming, people firstly pay money, then they're coming to listen, to learn some things, to help themselves, to help others, to help others, to help others. So then all of a sudden there's now we've got a moment where it's not just me having a coffee with you, where we can just chill and yarn and, and that's cool. And it's actually a meaningful, real um, life context where there is a consequence that people will leave feeling uh, a degree of um, satisfaction from zero to 10. And so it's only until you put yourself in those places that I reckon that you're truly able to get feedback about just how well you're able to be present. So the, the workshops, you know, I did a couple of skydives a long time ago now, two tandems. After my first tandem at Mercer, I fought to do my sports course and then didn't. And so I like each day, I just, most days I reflect on that and that scares the thought of jumping out of a plane with no one just by yourself with a parachute is just unman, unmans me or unhumans me. Um, so you see there's dual degrees, like I reckon there's degrees about how we can challenge our ability to be absolutely present, full stop, because underneath that is the fear of death. So the skydiving one really unsettles me because every single cell of my body freaks, the, just freaks out Yeah. at the visualisation of, because I know what it's like to sit on the edge of the plane because I've done it twice with someone on my back, right? The first time I was over Mercer, I, you know, I'm working hard on the way out just to be brave and courageous. And basically, by the time I was in the plane, I wasn't not going to do it. But it still was a lot of work to stay mm. stay there. And there's a little sports jumper with us, and we got up to you know, 16,000 feet. Door opens. This little fella's like, he's obviously jumped, but he's like, just boogies on out, stands the wheel and goes, <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Where'd that guy go? Uh, and then you know, I, and then the guy goes, "Okay, photos, photos." And I'm like, and then he goes, "On, stand on the wheel, stand on the wheel." So I just boogie on out. And honestly, the you know, you're not supposed to hop out of planes, eh? It's thousand feet, and my whole body is just going. Bop, 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 bop. And then he goes to me, "Are you ready?" And I go, um, he goes, on three. But the way that they do it, because it's such a little plane, the photo that I saw just before we've jumped, the pilot's laughing. And all they do is because it's such a little plane and you're on the on the wheel, he just and he tips you out. <laughs> and so the guy goes, one, like this. And so his thumb's up like this in the photo. Yeah. And the pilot's like... <laughs> <laughs> And honestly, we're then slung shot out the plane. So the sense of doing that without a tandem is extreme 
inner discomfort. Mm. And I struggle to get present with it. So you can see how that's extreme. Yeah. Doing day workshops with people still really unsettles me because I do have a deep fear of being like an absolute fraud and imposter. But it's not, it's nothing like jumping out of a plane, right? But it's part of the plan where if you're going to really uncover and find yourself and find a space of being able to be at peace with the moment in relationship with the moment with no strings attached, you actually have to live courageously and set up courageous challenges. It's just not going to happen from doing your meditation. I mean, sorry, your reflective journals. Mm. Actually, there's an experiential process that has to happen for us to have the neurological shift. Like my imposter syndrome is nowhere near as bad as it was like maybe five years ago. But the essence of it is that I've got older, so I less care what people think, and then that's assisted. So I still don't really think I know that much, but I care less about whether I do or I don't. So you see how there's a shift from it's not actually a competence confidence. I believe it's more just a maturing alignment with what's important and what isn't so i feel much more comfortable talking to big groups than i've ever had and i do feel like i know a little bit more than i did it feels more certain in me but i don't think the degree of comfort's directly rated just to that so it's the ongoing courage path you know what you what we've talked about often is pathway one yeah and knowing that i need to do that regularly to maintain I guess, the maturing and the development of my inner world so that I can be at peace and I can genuinely be resilient or, what do you call it? Uh, Anti-fragile. Anti-fragile. It's not my work, but yeah. Yeah, anti-fragile. So you grow from it. That's right. So the the workshops are um, about that. They're also about, um, I learned in COVID, you've got to have multiple income streams. So I've been actively working since that to have, you know, three or four, four or five income streams. Weekend workshops, you know, you and I are doing a six-week mental skills workshop or program online. Uh, my online coaching, um, day-to-day work books. So that so that's the that's also part of it as part of a business strategy. You know, so it's got a couple of key elements to it, mm. and then the essence, I guess, the other part of it is. Probably mostly, though, is um, I also really enjoy those workshops or doing those sorts of things. And so to do it for a whole day, I've done a couple all day now. And it's been it's been a lot of fun to be with someone or a group of people for longer than just an hour and a half or two hours. Yeah. It really feels like we get some solid work done. Yeah. It means that we can work around the entire framework rather than just piecemeal. And we get to have a lot of fun because it allows me to weave in, you know, just some genuine play. So the idea of it being an opportunity for people to really get clear on what it means to be living from courage and understand how that recipe looks and where that's anchored from and and the layers that are required to then actually be genuinely present as well as the how to be present. And then understanding the neurology of fear and how that's set up in a way that it's it's, um, it's never resolved because it's a neurological primer. Uh, just our perspective of it changes. And so 
the fear from a courageous perspective is different from fear from a panicking or a mm. cowardly perspective. So that's all that shifts really is, and it's clear, you know, from the, the my understanding of brain science and the research in that area is a courageous perspective is a neurological mediator, so it influences the experience of the neurology. It doesn't change the neurology. You still have the primal amygdala response to a threat, stimulus or stimuli, but your perspective of that influences your experience of the moment. So um, we work through that so people can see their, you know, find them, understand them, deepen them, share them, be with them, with us, with the other people there in a way which is, you know, a really empowering process. And then weave all that together across the day so in the end they come away with a really, you know, a really concrete scaffolding about how to live into a pathway of courage that's deeply anchored in ancestry and meaning and the recipe of the cake and then how to really what that looks like as they step out the door so they're actually not going with a, oh, that was a really nice experience or that was fun or that was cool or feel good. Mm. Or if it was zero to ten, that was shit and I'm pleased it's over. But they'll actually leave with an understanding of how they can apply that and it would have been applying it if they've been working through the day in a way that then gives them, if they really wanted to, that could set them up for the rest of their lives. It'll be that clear because it's got that clear for me now. So it's been a long time. I do believe it's got that clear now where it's, it is an incredibly simple process, but it's an incredibly difficult task. It's discipline, it's investment, it's vulnerability, it's patience, it's uh, being comfortable with the uncomfortable, sometimes being confused and lost and not knowing what is what with the way that we operate, staying with that, having the maturity to probably cut off from some of the insecurity-based addictions that people have through their bad habits. And then, you know, it just becomes exponential once you start understanding how that all works. I've got uh, I've got a few questions there, uh, but I'm going to start with the dates. And we've got cool. March the 10th in Karapiro, mm-hmm. April the 7th in Wellington, May the 5th in Auckland, June the 9th in Christchurch, and July the 7th in Dunedin. So um, earmark those for your relative areas. But, mate, what about people who are listening to that and listening to you talk about fear, uh, particularly jumping out of a plane, and we can all relate to whatever that is for us. Hmm. And then going, because I've had these thoughts when I meet up with you, and going, Fuck, I don't want to tell DG that because he's going to make me do it. Um, you know, like, and so there's, there'll be people on the edge that'll go, oh, I'd love to go, but I don't think I'm brave enough. I don't, I'm not ready to jump out of a plane or I don't want to, um, you know, like I, oh, man, I've got a shit ton of fears, as you know, but, you know, one being claustrophobia, I think, man, my immediate thought there was, imagine if DG put me in a mm. little dark place. Um, or maybe I won't go. So, yeah, I'd like you to just talk to that a little bit. What do you say to that person who's listening? Yeah, that's a really good reflection. Asking for a friend, man. Yeah. Um, no, look, it, there won't be anything that's traumatic 
no one's required to do anything in the day other than to share, connect and write things and write some notes and you know that the looking at the shadow part of the workshop um in the workshop is more of a um probably an intellectual conversation i'll be the one probably more than anybody giving some specific examples people will be talking and sharing but as you know i'm never one that asks people to do anything in the workshop they don't want to do and i certainly don't push people into a place where it's um, experiential fear-based workshops yeah yeah um you know you've seen enough of them to see how they roll it'll it'll really help people get clear on you know what bad habits they may have and then understand the role of the bad habit in relation to um you know preventing or protecting them from the very thing you know like let's say the imposter syndrome one of the bad habits may be procrastination for example so if you put things off long enough you never get found out because you never finish things. Mm. So there's a really good example about how there's a sequence of a what are your bad habits? Oh, I procrastinate a lot. Helping people make sure they understand the role that that plays in the deeper process of fear. And then helping them really become aware of the way that their mind does that in thought, language and reflection, as well as you know physical habits. So there's an awareness raising, which is key. And then the process really, the, uh, that's really for me been so embedded now over a long period of time is as long as we're aware of the red flags of that, I guess, the, the coward's way or the fear-based, you know, of avoiding or escaping things that unsettle us, um, not using coward in a judgment way, but just helping contrast Courage, coward, as a continuum. There's a real awareness raising and insight deepening process to the day, and then it allows people to then be clear in their life where they may be able to be more courageous and establishing project plans off that, and the sense of what am I going to do when I leave? Who's the person I'm going to talk about? What I'm going to do when I leave? How can I help others set up the sequence of understanding how to generate positive and progressive energy, become present? That's a whole process of the workshop, figuring that bit out, because that's the key, whether it's um, business, whether it's golf, whether it's parenting, being present with your kids, being present in pre-shot routine and golf, being present at the kickoff and rugby, being present as you're about to start a business um, workshop presentation. So there's a lot of practical skills that people will learn how to do that part. And then the essence of it is if you know your fears and know your bad habits, you then recognize, you know, if you think the metaphor of the red light on the road, if you see a red light, you stop. Because yeah. if you don't, you could meet a main freight truck in one of your doors. So it's no different for us. If we notice the bad habits, it's probably quite good to do something about that, like either, because if you don't, it could be the death of your dream, right? Do a bad habit for long enough and it will, all of a sudden you just run out of time. And that's how they work. They steal your time. And then you get to my age and you go, ah, damn, I've just run out of time. Oh, well, just have to accept them all or whatever, right? Because then it starts a different narrative. So you don't feel ashamed. You just feel disappointed. 
you know, and then you just get another beer and we'll go and whatever, you know. Um, go back to work if that's what you've been doing, but never really wanted to. So it, it, it's just a, it's really a gentle process is what I'm trying to say. It's not a, mm. it's not a out there, you know, nothing I do is a rah-rah thing anyway. Yeah, yeah. But we will have fun. There will be laughter and there will be fun and there will be enjoyment and there will be connecting to people. There will be good coffee. There will be some real basics of having a great day. You'll also learn about yourself um, and about how to help others because the key for me too is I want people to come away with because there's nothing I do that's rocket science, man. Really, if you broke it down, which I have, into a recipe and a sequence, anyone can do it. Mm. You could take what I do and do the sequence and body. Um, so that's what I want to do too is really it's like, yeah, I want to make some money. Yeah, I want to challenge myself with my courage. Yeah, most importantly, if people can come and get my IP, which isn't my IP. Yeah, I've just put it together after listening to Marcus Aurelius. That's not my IP. Seneca, that's not my IP. Wayne Smith, that's not my IP. All these amazing people that we listen to, that's all their ideas coming together over year, 20 years of practicing with this stuff. Um, and then that's there for anyone to use. So that's for me. If they can help their kids, their teenagers, their friends themselves, their relationship, their decision about whether they go beekeeping and get it the hell out of Auckland just as the, the, and as a business person, if that can be – if any of those um, – KPIs can be hit from the day I'll be wrapped and so a really good question you ask about how uncomfortable will people be in there I don't think they'll be uncomfortable at all I think they'll have a lot of fun yeah I think they'll connect with other like-minded people who just want to grow and learn and um, unleash you know their weirdo which for me is such a beautiful term in the sense of the non-conformist who wants to live life fully and just have a blast as well as make a difference and be free of financial restraints of mortgages and loans and and to get those sort of independence because that's all I'm my thing. And it's like, how do I get freedom? Well, I've got to get rid of my mortgage. So this is what this is all about too. So it's mm. just doing that. But we all should be doing that. Um, so you can see how really it's a way of sharing. It's a way of me continuing my own personal integrity with my own goals. Um, and I'm just doing five really this year in this way to see how it goes. Um, you know, you and I have talked about doing some in golf for a weekend or two or three days with a small group of people who want to come and play golf and do the same thing because we're doing the same thing. When we do those golf weekends, the mind stuff will be the same, but we'll do it through golf. Yeah. So I really like that idea of creating multiple levels where we can help people, and, but it's a win-win. So on that note, mate, is it contextual that people would walk away from and – you know, like jumping out of a plane is obviously a big fear mm. that's going to help. I mean, attacking fear in any sense is going to help, I assume, but how much of it is contextual in having people relevant plans that will help their day-to-day -day, um, rather than, um, you know, mm. like the big – does that make sense, that question? Yeah, I quite, absolutely. You know, it makes sense. It makes sense. Um, I, I sort of – like and when, when I wake up at the moment, the way I'm doing my own mind is understanding that my inner fears are my Mount Everest. So I wake up and understand that I've got to get on the mountain and start climbing. 
but then I need to be aware of my bad habits because my bad habits are the things that there's a you know above eight thousand meters on Everest is called the death zone. A mistake underneath that won't possibly kill you. Well, it's obviously still could, but above eight thousand they can't rescue you because it's too high. So make mistakes there, it's you're done. So my bad habits for me are my I need to be careful with my bad habits because that could end my dream. Because at the top of the Everest is my dreams, right? That's pretty weird. <laughs> um, so you can see how that every day, the, the, like the skydiving is a big example. Mm. But every day there's conversations people have where they choose not to say what they're thinking. Every day there's a decision about to make a phone call or not make a phone call. Every day there's a decision about whether to re- resign from one job or apply for another. Every day there's a decision about whether you stay in a relationship or don't stay in a relationship. So every day we're making really important life decisions as well as lots of little decisions that create a momentum to either step out of and avoid living fully to our own inner values, vision, identity or compromise that and end up living a lie. So it's crazy. What's that? Um, death by a thousand cuts, I think, is what term mm-hmm. yeah. often heard. Can you give and, us something? Give me an example of that. What that might well, look like for, like, you know, you can't jump out of a plane every day. Like, hmm. what? I know you said things like having conversations, but yeah. what's yeah? What would be like for, even if uh, for you or yeah, you know so me well enough? Like, what would my challenge? Be, what would your challenge be to me? Um, well, the first thing that came to mind is how we plan our week because people know what they're going to be doing pretty roughly each week and each day. Well, I heard a thing the other day that 70 to 80% of our behaviours each day are habits. They're repeating it every day. So a lot of people have a work schedule they have to fulfil. They know what's coming, et cetera, et cetera. So I know what's coming off my calendar each week and I know what the meetings are and what ones will probably be difficult conversations or challenging conversations. So straight away, I know what's coming up in the week where there was a courage moment or a coward moment. Mm. And then it's building a plan for that before you get there. So, for example, let's say it's a, it's a tricky meeting where there's two or three people and there's some difficult things that need to be discussed. Well, the very simple, you know, like how this then works, if we look at operating from a pathway of courage, you then can go, what's the most courageous thing I can do as I plan for this meeting? Let's say it's three days away. Because I'll then, um, you know, go through a process where I anchor myself, might listen to some stoicism, drink a bit of a coffee, get really clear in my head um, who I am, what that means to me. So I'm just getting really centered. That might take five, ten minutes, right? So now I'm really centered. Line that off in my little diary and then write um, preparation for meeting Tuesday, 8 a.m. Write a little line underneath it, attendance, who's there, a bit of an idea about what needs to be talked about, and then some key outcomes. Okay, so now I've got a bit of a framework there, so I'll then get my computer on, or my computer will be on, chuck up my email, type in the names of the people coming to that meeting, Say, um, good morning, um, so-and-so, so-and-so. I trust you've all had a lovely weekend. Um, just want to get a couple of thoughts rolling for our meeting on Tuesday. Really interested in what you guys want to get from the meeting. Here's a couple of things that I'd really like to get. 
look forward to hearing your thoughts. Da 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 da. Send. Boom. It's gone. So straight away, I front loaded a situation where I knew I had to be brave. Yeah. And now I've set it up. So they'll reply. We'll get an agenda set. And now I'm going to be walking into that meeting with the same nerves, but now real clarity about what we're talking about and everyone's prepped for it. And then we're away we can go. That might look, look perfect, but you can guarantee we'll get real productive outcome. Do you even Versus, walk out of those meetings, mate? Sorry mm-hmm. to interrupt you there. And go, bugger, I didn't front up like I want, like my diary said. Um, yep. I didn't take the, take the shot or have the tough conversations. Do you ever walk out of them with that? Yep, yep. And then that's where it's real important that you've got a clear idea about what success is, like you and I have talked about many times. And so I have a, you know, I want to be my own best friend, which is realising this is a process. It's about getting courageously stronger, more pure in your presence. Um, Buddha talks about stop being so nice, be more um, honest with deep respect. So I'm much better now than I was, but I'm still really nice. and so I've got I've backed off the pressure on myself to have to be, you know, like a top class high end um, lawyer who can think on their feet really well because I can't. And I still acknowledge that I get scared, and I don't say exactly what's in my head because I'm worried that I'll upset someone and there'll be conflict and there'll be tension. And I've always struggled with that a little bit. Yeah. And so. All I'm looking for is the intention, then the plan, then set it up, then go and do you know go and be as present as you can be and as true as you can be to your plan. And if I can get ten percent out, I'm like, yes. And then I come away and I recover. I go to the toilet, take a pee because I'm like, oh, that was real tough. And then I'll sit there and go, okay, that was a good start. So what what didn't I say? What do I need to do now to set that up to have that conversation? Because there's always another. There's always you meet those people again, meet those people yeah. again. And there's always a start at each of those meetings. So then I go, okay, so I've got that message across. I might send an email and say, look, thanks very much for your time. I really enjoyed that. feels like we made some good progress. One thing that I'd like to put in our meeting for next week is just talk a little bit more about that because I've still got some thoughts in my head about that one that I'm not quite clear about what we're doing there send yeah so now i've gone i haven't gone there i've gone there to where i need to get to here and i've just rested and recovered and gone well if i do this enough i'm going to get like this and and does that fit sorry does that fit with your um your pride shame cycle where this behavior when you do know that you've done and you've had that um courageous chat with someone Mm. there's that element of um yeah i'm proud of that that leads to self-love and acceptance, which leads That's to right. yep. enthusiasm and ambition, and that leads to courage, and then I rip back into it. Yeah, absolutely. And so if we think sport, you can see how this workshop day will help people really understand and learn how to do that and coach themselves, mm. plus really consider why it's so hard if they've got, I have to be perfect at everything I do, otherwise I'm a failure. And then they come away feeling shame and like they're never going to get there and it's a waste of time and they just get hard on themselves and are their own worst friend or enemy. And as a parent, it's going to help you understand how to work with your kids mm. to be more brave and understand how to 
you know, just do all of that stuff, which is so difficult sometimes if we want the best for our kids, but we've got these demands that seem to be making our relationship tenuous and we end up fighting all the time because I just ask our training was and the kids pop because they, they just know that you're looking for, you know, this is working, isn't it? This coaching's working and you, you're starting to play well because you're, you're spending so much time practicing now and um, we don't want to, you know, like, you know, whatever. But you know how that starts mm. to play out for parents and teachers as well, I guess, for kids with school and so it's understanding the chemistry or the recipe to bake the cake or create the culture and context in which people feel um, inspired to be brave and compassionate and non-judgmental enough of each other and the process. Understand that it's time. It's just patience. You know, you think about the years you and I have known each other, 15 probably, at least 15. Least, it would be yeah. close to 15. And you and I have just quietly grown more competent in how we talk and what we do over that time. It hasn't been a massive, <laughs> nor should I think it, nor do I believe it should be because I don't, you know, it's about the depth of the roots and the tree, the Cody tree versus the Pinus radiata tree, you know. Mm. I do believe that real growth is a slow thing. There may be some good seasons where the growth rings are big. But overall, it's understanding that when we're into something that's really important to us and we're genuinely invested, it's um, about being slow and patient. And sometimes take the foot off the brake, you know, in the sense of the brake and on the accelerator and go at it, but then also slow and reflective. So it's slowing down to speed up and knowing that anything worthwhile is going to take time. And I really believe that your own personal growth is one which is like that. It's not a, you know, I, I know that the more courage we inject, the faster the process. But even then, you still have to keep going back to do it again, go back and do it again. I think Jocko Willink says it nicely, which is count zero. Each day you've got to start again. Oh, right, yeah. So don't count 15 or 16 or 365. Just count zero. Start again. Yeah. Day zero. Day zero. This is like that. It doesn't, I believe, get to a point where you go, ah, bingo. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm there. Sweet. Anyone says that? Oh, shit. They got, they got some pretty scary secret addictions are going on and bad habits in the dark, man. Yeah. So. So you, you talk about your past a bit and, and, and what you were like as a young man and um, I guess some of the challenges that you had. If you were 20 – when you were 20, hmm. had you seen this poster and, and listened to this podcast, would you go? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But no, I didn't have any conversations with people that said it in that way. Like, that's the bit that feels, you know, like I had some, some, you know, some really wonderful people, support people over the years, mentors and bits and pieces. But no one spoke to me at that age really about um, – you know what you and I just talked about. Lots of people said you can do anything you want. Yeah, get out there. You can do anything you want, but no one talked about the process about how to free up from the fear of no, you couldn't. Yeah, because I had the fear that no, you couldn't. I think we've all got the fear of no, you couldn't, haven't we? Yeah, and so no one talks about the process. They just say, "Oh, David, you can do anything you want to do. You're just so amazing." Mm. But don't feel amazing. No, I don't feel competent. I feel like one of the worst at it. Ever. 
<laughs> so no, I don't think I can just go and do those things. And so that's when you end up being a conformist. Mm. Because to break free and stand free, you've really got to be someone that's very comfortable not to conform to find your way. And so that, that I didn't have anyone talk to me about conformity and non-conformity and knowing who you are and why I do what I do and what's what's deeply important to me and what 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 would be, you know, what would be the, you know, what would be the dream. And then no one really talked about the fears, about what are they, how do you make sense of them, what's the bad habits that fall off those, and how do you set those up to actually make them your friend because at all it's just untapped energy. And if you don't participate in the bad habit, that fear is just an energy source that's waiting to be used, and that's how the bad habit works. It just takes the, the, the energy from the fear. And, you know, what's that thing from physics? Fear is ne- – I'm sorry, fear. Energy is never lost. It's just transferred. So the energy is waiting there. The fear generates it. If we didn't do the bad habit, we've just got potential energy still sitting there from the fear or terror. But then the bad habit comes and we go, Whoosh. but if we didn't do that and we've got some nice green habits, which could be, you know, making a plan, sending an email, starting the conversation. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you're like, oh, I feel incredible. Now I'm scared again. <laughs> yeah, so a lot, of our, a lot of our bad habits are probably or possibly or could be driven from fear they all are all All, so yes the bad habit by definition is a slave of your fear so no matter what the bad habit is that's designed by the fear to take away the risk that you could actually have the fear happen and then essentially in the end if the bad habits are good enough they just take all your time so five years drinking 10 years overeating 10 years not talking truthfully to people, whatever the bad habit might be, you get to the other end of it and go, man, I've just missed so many opportunities. Mm. And you do that for long enough, and then you watch as people get older, they say, oh, you could have been all black, but I just ran out of time. Couldn't get my drinking under control. Drinking wasn't the problem. It was just a really, really effective habit that your fear found, and it was a really easy one because it's just right there. So if we can see our bad habits that way, or if we can go, okay, so now I understand... I don't need to really stop it. I just need in that moment when I notice the fear that there's energy there and have a green habit to go and do that one instead. So instead of going to do that, I just come and do this thing. Boom. Do that enough and they've generated a new pattern. Let's wrap it up there. <laughs>